ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. Watch us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash ESPN 1000 Chicago. Also, you can watch us on YouTube. Chris Black has the night off. So Tyler Aki is in. Tyler, Hello. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I saw you on New Year's Eve, and now I'm yeah, seeing yes. you on the... Second. No, the happy uh, the New Year's work day. <laughs> this is when everybody yes. comes back and is like, what day is it? I don't know what day it is. Were you a kid who, uh, how long did it take you to, in the upper right-hand corner of your worksheets, how long did it take you to switch the date to 24? Oh, forever. Forever. <laughs> it and was this like is February well, or March and this is me. a problem you guys won't uh, ever have to deal with, but also writing checks was a big oh, yeah. thing. Because like you'd write that first rent check, uh-huh. and uh, you'd put the, oh my God, uh, probably like 07, and it's supposed to be 08. Is that a problem at banks? I don't know. I don't know when the last time I was inside of a bank. I usually just, the only time I ever go inside, I've never been inside of the bank part, mm-hmm. but I've been to the inside of where the ATM is, you know? Okay. Like, bro, there's a chase right here on yeah, the corner. Yeah, yeah. That's uh-huh. called the vestibule. Oh, that's a vestibule? I Correct. haven't been inside past the vestibule mm-hmm. to, like, where the guard is to be like, hello, in, yeah. I have no idea when. The only time I've been in one since then was when the ATMs in the vestibule vestibule weren't working, so I had to go to the one that was inside the actual. Ooh, bank. okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. Have you ever written the check? No, but I would know how. Okay, did yeah. they teach you that they in te- school? They, te- they taught us that. What was the class called? We did in home ec. It was yeah. It was like it was basically that. We had a different name for it, but uh, yeah, it was. They taught us how to balance a checkbook. Yes, bake cookies. Never done that. We have, we didn't do that. We didn't do any of like the baking cookies part of home ec it was all of like the this is how a checkbook works this is like what a 401k is and stuff like that yeah we did yeah we did that and on fridays we cooked or baked uh, okay. or we whatever so a pillow we had to sew a pillow. Sew. Yeah. Machine or hand machine right no, by hand by hand well, this was the dark ages Adam. oh I'm my almost god your age, you know that's crazy yeah, I like I made a whale. It was very Homeac cute. was one of my favorite classes because I had to take it senior year and I had it after lunch. So you know I wasn't sober. <laughs> like I rolled it. Like everyone in my class, like every eye was yeah. red. Like it was, <laughs> it was just like, what are we? Why are we? Why am I learning numbers in home ec? I'm burning, making cookies here. Let's do this. <laughs> Let's talk bears here on ESPN 1000, the only place where you can talk bears right now, unless you want to listen to the uh, the Bulls. But you can talk bears with us, 312-332-3776. The bears have a very important decision to make. I think one of the decisions has already been made. I think that Matt Eberflus will be back. We talked a lot about it on Sunday before the Bears game during the pre-pregame show. Uh, before the Bears and the Falcons game, the Ian Rappaport reports about that Matt Eberflus was more than likely going to come back. I think Sunday pretty much solidified that unless they absolutely get blown out and they just look as unprepared as they did against the Packers the first time, that Matt Eberflus is coming back. And I think that the main decision, there's a small decision to be made about Lou Getze, I think that that kind of comes down to Sunday's game as well. But the biggest decision is going to be on Justin Fields and whether or not he is going to return as Bears quarterback next season. He heard the chance. People heard the chance at the game. We want Justin. We want Justin. And on ESPN.com today, Jeremy Fowler and Courtney Cronin had a huge article talking to various front office sources, execs around the league, players inside the locker room, coaches from various teams about the decision on Justin Fields. And I don't think it's as cut and dry 
as people think. You know, if you look at the stats and look at the numbers and take emotion out of it and take the human element out of it, the decision is probably move on from Justin Fields. Trade him in this article written by Courtney Cronin and Jeremy Fowler. It says Fields could be worth a second or third round pick in a pre-draft trade. I don't know if that value goes up or down in a post-draft, but you want it, You have to decide on that fifth-year option pretty much right after the draft. Mm-hmm. And so it would more than likely be a pre-draft trade because you want to get something for this year's right. draft. exactly. So that's why you would do Especially- it before... When you're talking about a second or third round pick, like you don't have a second round pick. Absolutely. You want a second round pick. So that decision will probably be made before the draft. Now, if you look at what this article kind of goes into is more of the human element of this, of the locker room being behind him, of the players being behind him, of the coaches, you know, working with him and him adjusting and him becoming a better player this year. That's where the human element comes into this. The human element of the Bears building something and the human element of what goes on inside that locker room, I think is bigger and can be bigger for Ryan Poles and for the decision of what they're going to do. The other part that I look at that's not the human element is something that you could look at, not stats on a sheet or on a pro football reference or whatever you want to say about Justin Fields and his fourth quarter numbers or his full, you know, three years here and all that kind of stuff is what you can get back for this first pick. Yeah. And it says here several executives believe that Chicago could net more than it did in the Panthers trade and from uh, and form a prospective trade partner already picking in, to- in the top 5. Those execs believe that the price to get the number 1 could be two future first rounders on top of this year's pick along with a variation of a day 2 pick or a premium player. So that means you would trade picks with whoever let's say it's the patriots right Mm -hmm. you trade with the patriots you move back to three they get the number one pick this means you could get their first round pick next year Mm -hmm. you could get their first round pick in 2026 and a second round pick this year you could recoup that one from the montez sweat deal or maybe a a third round pick or instead get a player like let's say they trade with the raiders maybe you could get max crosby as a return Mm -hmm. That, to me, is something you have to consider. Now, you could still pick a quarterback right. in there. Mm-hmm. You could still get a quarterback, and we can go through the, the quarterbacks that would be available should they do that. But that is also something you have to consider because there are still high-profile positions of need on this team. You still need another defensive end. I don't know if Yannick Ngakwe is going to be back, if they're going to sign him for another uh, a deal other than a one-year deal. You might want to get younger at that position, and you could do that in the first round. Uh, you need a three technique on that defensive line as well. You need another safety. We all kind of assume that Eddie Jackson is going to be gone. You need a wide receiver uh, to help out DJ Moore and to help out Justin Fields. Uh, you need a center, a, a good center that's going to be on your offensive yeah. line for a while. That's probably a day. That's not a day one pick. That's probably a day two pick for that center. And you still have a lot of money where you can plug some of those holes with with you know by paying players as well. But you could set up your franchise to have the first pick last year, which turns into the first pick this year, which could turn into a top five pick next year, which could turn into a top five yeah. pick the year before that. You could have two first round picks for the next three drafts if you decide to stick with Justin Fields. And I think that that's kind of there's so much to weigh that you need many hands. You're like on the one hand this, on the one hand this, on the one hand this. You need many hands. 
So 312-332-3776. Has Justin Fields shown you enough? Either way, whether it's to keep him or to move on and make sure you're weighing all of these options, the human elements, the amount of picks you could get back, and also resetting your financial status. Like you can reset your financial uh, cap by drafting a new quarterback because you have financial control for four years and then you pick up the fifth year option, which is pretty cheap. It's about $20 million for Justin Fields this year. I'm not sure what it'll be in you know, five mm-hmm. years from yeah. now, but uh-huh. it's $20 million this year. So 312-332-3776. I look at it as if you're Ryan Poles and if you look at either Caleb Williams or Drake May and say one of those guys is a true difference maker and will really elevate our quarter, us at the quarterback position and, quite frankly, would probably end up going down as the best quarterback in Bears history if you are guessing correctly on this and you are hitting on this pick, then you have to, to make the pick. Mm-hmm. You have to make the pick because of the fact that you brought up all of those different positions of need that the Bears have. And if you draft Caleb Williams, you don't necessarily need to plug in all of those holes at once because the beauty of what a quarterback can do is you don't need to have the best possible receiver room. You don't need to have the best possible offensive line. The quarterback can alleviate some of those issues. And if that's what you think Caleb Williams is, then you have to, or Drake May is, mm-hmm. then you have to go out and make the pick because to me, then it becomes a real no brainer that the, that's the guy that you have to go out and get. And if you think Justin, if you don't think Caleb can do that, if you don't think Drake May can do that, then I think you, you look at the haul that you can get for this number one overall pick. But it all comes down to, and I think it's the same thing with the head coach as well. What are the other true options out there? to replace Fields, to replace Eberflus, and are they better than what we currently have in place? Well, I think there's one option that would be better. Like, I think Mike Tomlin's back in in mm-hmm. uh, in Pittsburgh. I think that the Steelers aren't going to move on from him. I think they'd probably get a deal done with him in, in the offseason so he's mm-hmm. not a lame duck coach going into next season. I mean, listen, to have an above 500 record for as long as he has, to never not have a below 500 record, that's saying something. You know like, what's funny, too, when you bring up Tomlin? Is it feels it feels like that's the same thing going on there as it is here in terms of like national perception versus local perception. Yeah, the local perception is no one wants Tomlin there. The national perception is you'd be crazy to not want Mike Tomlin. Absolutely, he would be. He would automatically be. Besides from Harbaugh, he would automatically become the most desired. Head he might coach. even be more desired than Harbaugh. Yeah. He's, right? he's like had he this, has a Super Bowl. He does. Harbaugh doesn't have a ring. No, he doesn't. I and, mean, he could get a college ring here in a couple in a week. That's true. But that yeah. doesn't really. That's not the NFL. Mm-hmm. And, and then here locally, I feel like the local perception is everybody is in on fields, but nationally, you're seeing all these things like the the poll from. And again, this is a couple weeks ago before this Atlanta game, but you hear the poll from GMs with Charles Robinson saying nine out of ten GMs would say you draft Caleb Williams right now. Like yeah. It feels like it's the complete opposite here as what it is in Pittsburgh, but it's a similar situation. Yeah, and then I don't think Harbaugh, I mean, he could he could say, hey, you know, I hired Don Yee, I want to come to the Bears, like, let's make that happen. Mm-hmm. Or he could be using it as a play to maybe go to the Bears, maybe go to the Chargers, maybe go to the Raiders. Like, it does. there's too many options out there, plus I think they're keeping Eberflus mm-hmm. anyway. And also, I think there's an option out there where you could do both. You could move on from Justin and still get a haul of picks back for yeah. that number one pick. It's not just Caleb or Justin. Like, it's not one or the other to me. 
to me, it's Caleb or Justin, Drake May or Justin, uh, Jaden Daniels or Justin, Bo Nix or Justin, Penix or Justin. Like, there are so many other options that it's not just necessarily Caleb Williams. I think that there are a few situations that you have to consider with the human element that I mentioned. This locker room loves Justin yes. Fields. The defense loves him. They don't think they're putting him in bad them in bad situations. I mean, they're they're the Bears are up to if you look at weighted DVOA, the Bears are up to seventh in weighted DVOA, which puts more on the the it's DVOA basically drink. Mm-hmm. I've said it like four times right now. <laughs> so if you're playing the Black and Dollar drinking game during uh, dry January, I'm sorry uh, for ruining your night and ruining <laughs> your dry January. But weighted DVOA is basically DVOA, but it weights games later in the season more than the beginning of the season Mm -hmm. so when the bears were crap in the beginning of the season that matters just not as much as now that they're a playing as a more complete team so right now they're up to seventh this is if i waited dvoa this is a top four defense since week nine there's only three defenses better than the bears right now which is more reason for me to believe that eberflus is coming back Mm -hmm. so the defense loves fields the offense loves fields yep if there's this perception around caleb williams that he's a diva that he pouts when they lose that he's all about himself and not about the team and all this kind of stuff if you come in already with that perception he has to work to get rid of that perception from day one Mm -hmm. and he could do it training camp and all that kind of stuff if drake may comes in here or if bo nix comes in here if Jaden daniels comes in here whoever it is and they struggle in the first month of the season, and Justin Fields is in Atlanta or wherever, mm-hmm. and he's playing well, and they're winning games. I'm you're going to lose a lot. Yeah, I'm not saying you're going to lose the locker room. No, you will. But you're going to have some explaining to do. Yeah, as guys are checking their phones after the game and looking mm-hmm. at the score and being like, "Oof." Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think the other thing too that you have to remember with this is both sides can win the split, right? Like, both sides can benefit from this. Oh, Justin yeah, Fields yeah. can go and ball out Absolutely. in Atlanta or Pittsburgh or wherever. Mm-hmm. And Caleb Williams can come in and be a fantastic quarterback as well. Both sides can win this. Absolutely, and I think they can. that's part of the, the thing that is driving Bears fans crazy is like, oh, if, if Justin leaves and plays well, that automatically means Caleb won't be good here or Drake May no, won't be good here. Both, both not, sides can win. Exactly. I don't care if Fields goes to Atlanta and he plays well as long as Poles gets it right. Yeah. If insert quarterback name here comes here and plays well and the Bears are a playoff team, I don't care what, what Justin Fields does for another team. That mm-hmm. doesn't matter as long as the Bears are winning. Let's go to Jeff is in Morris. What's up, Jeff? Hey, guys. Happy New Year. Happy New, Happy New, Year. New Year. Yeah, so I was at the game yesterday. Uh, I've been a Fields believer. I, listen, I'm not, I don't root for Ohio State. I care less about Ohio State, but I watch college ball and I've been, you know, I'm 40 years old and I'm a passionate diehard football fan and Justin Fields like I said th- this isn't Madden They're, these aren't like r- robots it took time for this guy t- for it to click and on top of that other things were going against him you know go back to his rookie year and I know probably people have said this but look Nagy what did Nagy do for this guy besides put him in harm's way and set him up for failure no, you're absolutely right, right Jeff. Mm-hmm. Okay, so 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 we can almost, you know, when people say, like, I hear all these, uh, you know, critics and analysts, oh, well, you got to look at the whole work of body. How can you even, how can you even put that in his work of body when, you know, it, it should be null and void. You look at last year, guys. That team was built 
to to be demoed. It was it was it was a it was a season set up for failure. How can you judge him on a season where you strip the thing down to the bare bone? That the team was in every game last year because of Justin Fields, guys. He ran all over everyone. Everyone knew he was going to run, and they still couldn't stop the damn guy, right? Or am I wrong? No, you're right. You're right. But I would also say I don't think people should be using that as Mm -hmm. a lot of the evaluation process. I feel like the the evaluation process should be heavily weighted on the six games he's played plus the upcoming game against Green Bay Mm -hmm. since coming back from injury. That should be weighted pretty heavily. And then also what he did earlier in the season, I would tend to think, all right, let's see what he's doing the last seven games, more so than the first six games that he played in. But he did have some flashes in the first six games. He played great against Denver for the first three quarters. He was great against Washington. But all of like the whole season has to be part of it. And I think this season I'm obviously weighing way more than I have the last two seasons. Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. You're listening to Black and Abdallah on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. Has Justin Fields shown you enough either way to move on from him or to stick with him for would probably at least be two years? And then you address the extension either before the fifth year or after the fifth year. Tyler, you said something before we went to break about weighing games differently. And to me, if the coaching staff or if the front office looks at Matt Eberflus and says we're throwing out last year, mm-hmm. right? I'm not throwing out last year for Justin Fields. I'm throwing out the Nagy year. Oh, yeah. Because that, I mean, that's long gone. If the... you bring in a new offensive coordinator and a new system, I think that I weigh, much like weighted DVOA, drink, mm-hmm. I weigh this season more than I weigh last season. Yeah, for sure. Because obviously he was doing a lot more with his legs. He was trying to, you know, bring the team back when they were losing 90% of the time because they stripped down the defense to nothing. Mm -hmm. This year obviously weighs a lot more than last year because they did put him in a poor situation. How many times did we come in here on a Bears Monday, always after losses except for three three of them, Uh and say, hey, I mean, look, if... If they get a better wide receiver, that's not, you know, insert wide receiver here. You know, Smith-Marset, you know, playing and dropping, getting a ball ripped out of his hand against the Vikings. You know, like that, when you upgrade the talent around the quarterback, it's extremely obvious that the quarterback will play better. And he's, the stats might not be there, but I think you can look at Justin Fields and say that this year, he's playing better. He's not playing great. He mm-hmm. still has some of the issues that he had from previous years where he's holding the ball on for a little too long. And, but I feel like that there are more signs that the Bears are going to keep him than that they aren't. It's going to be, yeah. I mean, I think this weekend against the Packers weighs heavily into that decision. We know how the McCaskies operate with that and, and just how important that is. And I think not just that, but this is the one team that you haven't beaten in the division this year and, and in the Eberflus tenure and, and in Justin Fields' tenure. But this is also the team that 
How many times have they said about Bears quarterbacks, oh, went back to Mitch, obviously with Justin, too, like, oh, we just made him play quarterback and we knew we were going to win, mm-hmm. right? Like, And that's the thing with Justin now is like, all right, th- if they're going to make you play quarterback, and this is a Green Bay team that's very young, the youngest roster in all football, so you know you're going to be seeing a lot of these guys for the foreseeable future. Yeah. If you can't beat this Green Bay team and it looks like their quarterback is trending up as well, like this could be a long, long rivalry if you don't get the quarterback right, if you don't find a way to beat Green Bay. Because I think this game is, like obviously it's important from a Bears-Packers rivalry standpoint, but it's also important in a development standpoint too because this is who you're going to be seeing for the next three, four years. Oh, absolutely. And I think that there are guys on this team that are going to be around here for a while as well that want to beat the Packers. You know, Chris and I talked to TJ Edwards on Mondays. We'll be out uh, next Monday at Fire Bar in Crystal Lake. Come hang out. TJ Edwards will join us for a what he called a pretty good recap of the season <laughs> on uh, on Monday after hopefully they beat the Packers. But he's from here. He's he, great. He he's grew up great a Bears fan. Guys, yeah. Listen, he understands. He mm-hmm. knows the rivalry. You don't yeah. think that they want to go and, and shut down Jordan Love and pick him off a couple times? Like, they absolutely want to do it. And I think that this, it does say something if you can beat them, like I, I l- listened to the pregame show with Sylvie, Lance, and Dion, and listened to the interview with Ryan Poles with Jeff Joniak, and you know they're legit waiting, and I believe it. They're going to take everything yeah. into account, and this rivalry game against the Packers, you said it on Sunday, it might count as two, yeah, two losses Kyler or two Murray, wins. This thing, it's double XP weekend. <laughs> That's what this is. Absolutely. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Hunters in Texas. What's up, Hunter? Hey, how's it going, guys? How are y'all? Good. How are What's you? going on? Doing well. Listen, I wanted to add my two cents here. Uh, I agree with a lot of what you guys said, and I like how you're framing the discussion because I do think it's nuanced, and I think a lot of it kind of gets down to some of the stuff that you have to separate emotion from. Um, and listen, I, you know, I listen every day. I hear a lot of Bears fans call in, and, and oftentimes their arguments for keeping Justin Fields are, are based on emotion and feeling. It's intangible stuff like, oh, he has potential. I see him growing. Um, but I think if you strip away emotion and just look at the statistics, you'll find something different, which is his quarterback rating has gone up 0.6 percentage points from last year to this year. And 2022 was a year we all agree that was completely devoid of talent. The roster was stripped to tank. And we're not seeing a massive jump in terms of his overall rating year to year, even with an influx of talent. Number one receiver, a top 10 pick, a right tackle, a $30 million right guard, a contract extension for the tight end, and a top seven DVOA defense. Um, interestingly enough, too, if you kind of break down the statistical analysis by week and you look at it by basically prior to the injury and after the injury, um, what you find is that his quarterback rating has remained absolutely stagnant. It's less than a percentage point difference. And very cool, I mean, if you look at the last five games where the Bears are 4-1, and one, and a lot of the sentiment around the team and the coach and, and the success of the franchise overall has sort of shifted towards a more positive place, you've seen that Justin's quarterback rating is 78.6. He has seven touchdowns and five turnovers. So the idea that it's Justin's play that's dictating the sort of increased success we're seeing from the Bears as a team, I think is probably misguided. And, you know, when you compare where he is, you know, to other quarterbacks, you know, he's, he's falling in line in just about every key passing metric with guys like Gardner Minshew and Joshua Dobbs and Russell Wilson. And these aren't necessarily the benchmarks you want to find yourself around if, if you plan on being here long term. And listen, you know, T. Waddle always says this, and I think it's, I think it's a really good point, which is, you know, there's two types of quarterbacks out there. There's quarterbacks who are good enough to win with if your roster is good. And there's quarterbacks who are so good that they win despite inadequacies around them. And I think it's an important distinction because once you start paying the quarterback, you don't get the benefit of a, of a built-up roster elsewhere. 
once you pay the quarterback, they're going to have to overcome inadequacies around them. Uh, you know, a, a bottom half defense, a lack of a running game, a lack of a number two weapon. Um, and these are things that we haven't seen Justin Fields do on a consistent basis. So, um, you know, for me, it, it just comes down to, you know, what's the better alternative? Do you think if you draft Caleb Williams first overall, do you think he comes into the league and, and he fits in at 22nd, 23rd as a passer? Because if you do, and I think most people who would take Caleb number one would, then you're not losing anything from a production standpoint, and you get to reset the quarterback clock, and you have the benefit of expanding your Super Bowl window. Now you have a five-year time period where you're paying the quarterback very little money, and you can be active in free agency, and you can retain all of the talent you have. I mean, I always ask Bears fans this, like, do you like Justin Fields so much that you'd rather say goodbye to Kyler Gordon or Jaquan Brisker or Tevin Jenkins, or you don't want to re-sign DJ Moore if that wants his contracts up? I mean, these are all, I think, kind of critical components of the decision and ones that I expect Ryan Poles to consider. Well, that's a good point, Hunter. I appreciate the phone call. I tend to disagree a little bit with the money part because look at the Rams, right? The Rams throw money around like it's nothing. Mm-hmm. And did, it, it might have bit them in the ass last year, but they're back in the playoffs this year. They won the Super Bowl. Uh, they are going back to the playoffs this year. But they why have, are they going back to the playoffs? Because Matt Stafford, since he's come back from injury, yeah. has been dealing. He's you been have great. to get the quarterback right. You do. But they also, like, they, they paid a quarterback. They pay a bunch of defensive players. Um, I mean, but you also have to draft well, too, because Puka Nakua mm-hmm. is, one of, right. one, is, you know, one of the... If, if it wasn't C. for C.J. Stroud, Stroud he'd wasn't be, a quarterback. Yeah, he'd be winning Rookie of the <laughs> yeah. Year. So I, I think that you can... The way the cap, to me, is still a myth. Because you can do void years, you can move stuff around, and the salary cap is always going up. And I understand that the quarterback is going to command a certain percentage of your cap, but he's not getting Patrick Mahomes' money. But it's a, it's a myth. Well, here's the thing, though, is like Patrick Mahomes, we're starting to see more and more, is on a pretty team-friendly deal. Yeah, and it, but he, my point is he's yeah. not going to reset the market. Right. No, you're right. He's not going to reset the market. But the cap is only a myth if you have an owner that is willing to spend, right? Like that's Mm -hmm. when you start to get into the baseball type of, oh, there's a luxury tax, so there's not a cap, but there really is a cap type of discussion here because then all that money gets pushed into bonuses and escrow and all that stuff. And it's just, we haven't, we've seen this McCaskey family, like they're not this family that goes out and spends a ton of money, they right? Just gave Mont- they just made Montez one of the that, highest paid players in the NFL. They that, did the same thing for Khalil Mack. But that fits into the confines of what the salary cap allows you to do. It's not going to fit into the bonus. Like, what's the big hang up on maybe why Jim Harbaugh doesn't come here? Because are they going to pay a coach that much money? Well, like, yes and no. And I that's mean, where that they might. Gets, we don't know. Right. But that's where that gets into that conversation of, okay, like the cap is a myth. Mm-hmm. No, I just think that there's ways to circumvent the cap, right? No, there are. There's you have ways to, have to a, do it. You have to have ownership that's willing to do it. Yeah, and they might be, and there's still a there's a new guy in charge now, mm-hmm. right? And yes, he still has to ask the McCaskies to spend the money, but you might see someone like you know Kevin Warren say, "Hey, we're gonna spend the yeah. money." Well, because, that's the hope. Like, because listen, if you want it, you got to spend money to make money. Because you, if you win a Super Bowl. You get money, right? Like oh, you get a lot of you get money. A lot of money if you yeah. win a Super Bowl. So if you spend, there are ways to make money. You mm-hmm. can't just be a team that is fine just making the playoffs. Let's go to Bill and Grace Lake. What's up, Bill? Billy. Oh, hey guys. What's up? Hey, I'm here. Uh, hey, uh, uh, a quick comment and uh, observation comment. Then I have a question for you. Uh, my observation comment is: uh, I've heard people uh, say today that. Uh, you know, Poles is, is like between a rock and a hard place. Like, no matter what he does, is is uh, it's not going to work out. 
I say just the opposite. I think he's sitting in a sweet spot where whether they decide to move on with a new quarterback, maybe a new coach, or whether they stay with the status quo and build around fields, either way, the Bears are going to be better. But uh, uh, here, here's my question. Uh, I guess it's keeping fields, you know. Uh, he, he, he's a, uh, also, obviously, he's a great athlete, and I think he's, uh, he's got he, you know, the cream rise to the top. He's gotten to where he is. Because he is a great athlete, all through high school, college, and now in the pros, uh, he's uh, for the first time in his life he's uh, he's being asked to uh, to process and do things that his athleticism alone can't can't succeed with. He has to do uh, processing. Where you saw the four games of the Beijing, you know that guy that guy's cream rose to the top, not because of his unique athletic ability, but because he can process so quickly. And he got to admit the offense looked really smooth when he was playing, but his uh, you know he's not just a fields with his unique athletic ability. So here's my question: uh, Is is uh, if Fields gets more time, how what can his processing improve? Because he was never asked to do that throughout his life. And uh, when Poles is making this decision with all these different variables flying around. What analytics can he rely on, if any, uh, to make those decisions, or is it just a gut check at the end of the day? Thanks, Bill. Appreciate it. I think it's more of a uh, uh, his analytics. Like you can look at the numbers. Like our last caller said, Hunter in Texas who called mm-hmm. in, or you know he can use his he can use the eye test. I mean, yeah. I think that you can look at the numbers and be like, well, his QBR is not going up, and his 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 ratings not going up, and he doesn't have as many touchdowns. But also, like I can watch the games and say yeah. he's playing better. No, like, he, he, is. he is definitely playing better, specifically from last year, and then I think he is playing. But it's still there is still a sort of mixed bag element to of it course. all too. Like you can take you can look at last week right, or la- uh, this Sunday. That's the best game I think I've seen him play as a Chicago Bear. Yeah, with the result, uh, the circumstances around him. You're mm-hmm. down your top two. You're theoretically down your top two pass catchers mm-hmm. or two of your top three pass catchers. Um, the opponent, all that stuff. To me, when it's it was all put together, that's the best game he's played as a Chicago Bear. But at the same time. You look at the last three games, like he wasn't that good against the Cardinals. He was bad against the Browns. And it's like you look at it, two of his last three games have not been good, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But last week was the best one that I've seen out of him as a Chicago Bear. More of your call is coming up next. This is Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Black and Abdallah are back. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. On FM 100.3 HD2. The ESPN Chicago app and ESPN 1000. Here we go, yo. Here we go, yo. So what, so what, so what's the scenario? Tyler Aki is in for Chris Black. It's Black and Abdallah on ESPN 1000. Listen to us on the ESPN Chicago app. His name is his name. Let's go to Marlo in South Holland. What's up, Marlo? Hey, guys. How's it going? What's up? What's going on? Yeah, I just want to say, you know, um, as far as Justin goes, you know, most of our most of the quarterbacks that we think of are as A-plus quarterbacks or great quarterbacks have had system consistency. And so while they're developing, they had a great offensive system that stayed in for a number of years until they got good enough to kind of be able to add or take away from that system as it fits. 
So Justin has been under constant kind of, I'd say, turmoil. And I'd say only within maybe this year has he actually gotten something remotely resembling stability. And even still, his offensive line was porous. So, I mean, I think now what we're seeing, and, and, and you guys mentioned about weighing things later, I think what we're seeing now is that he's starting to develop kind of that decision-making skill, which, yeah, we'd hope he'd come out of the box with it, but there are very few quarterbacks that come out of the box with it, and they all take some time to develop, right? Um, I mean, the, you know, the quarterback that I think of is Pat Mahomes, and he had to sit on the bench for a year. If, if they're going to do anything, I wouldn't mind them drafting a quarterback and keeping Justin Fields and letting this quarterback, this new quarterback, sit for a minute and kind of observe the game the way, unfortunately, the Cheeseheads at Green Bay did with Rodgers and with, with, uh, with Love. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping they keep him and at least give him until next year, and then that way you can really evaluate what you got. Thanks, Marlo. Appreciate it. I think my problem with that is the the highest trade value you're going to have for Justin Fields yeah. is right now. Mm-hmm. Like, if they could trade him right now, yeah. even before the Packers game, mm-hmm. I don't think his value is going to be any higher than it is right, right. now. Well, that's part of the, the conversation that I, I've been thinking about, too, with Fields is if you can't get a first-round pick for him, okay. is he your guy? Okay. Right? Like, I think that sort of answers some of your question. Though. Now, I will say this. Whatever happens, whether you keep Fields or don't, this uh, this for this draft, you have to draft a quarterback oh, in this sure. draft. For sure, you have to look for someone third, fourth round. For sure, someone that could be who knows. Maybe you do have your Brock Purdy lottery ticket because whether you bring Justin back into the situation, whether you bring in a rookie quarterback with the first pick, whoever it is, is being put into a very good situation. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like you are being dropped into as ideal of a situation as you could be for a rookie quarterback or a returning quarterback based on the weapons that are and will be around you, the infrastructure that you have on the offensive line that you're building, mm-hmm. the defense that's in place right now. Like This is a desired landing spot if you're a quarterback because life is going to be pretty easy on you. Well, it was already ranked one of the best. Even if you're a coach, this is already ranked one of the best jobs, mm-hmm. the best job in yeah. the NFL should Matt Eberflus get fired. And I think that you know on Sunday night, um, watching football night in America before the Sunday yeah. night game happened, um, and watching, you know, Steve Kornacki up there <laughs> mm-hmm. with his khakis on going through. And at that point, the Bears were still technically not eliminated from the playoffs. They were in the hunt graphic. And if I had, for some reason, fallen into a coma before the first game of the season and woken up right before I saw that, I'd been like, OK, this is a successful great season. season. Yeah. This is a great season because that's all Chris and I said we wanted. Mm-hmm. All we said we wanted is did not think this team would make the playoffs, thought they'd win. I have the over at seven and a half, so I thought they'd win eight. Game for eight. You. I know it's a huge game. <laughs> I thought they'd win eight or nine games. And my goal was be in the graphic where Kornacki is sitting there and saying, hey, if they do this and if this team ties and if this happens here and if this happens, the Bears can still get in the playoffs. Be alive at the end. Now, right now, obviously, because the Vikings and the Packers didn't tie on Sunday Night Football, they're eliminated. But this is not an unsuccessful season. This is still a success. This is what most of us said would happen. Dude, you've built one of the best defenses in football. Yeah, like that, you that, built that's a top a, five defense. Yes, you have a receiver on your team that, with a tremendous game on Sunday, 
could theoretically break the single season receiving yards record Absolutely. for this franchise. Absolutely, which isn't saying a lot, but it's but saying it, well, something. It's, it's breaking Brandon Marshall's record, and Brandon Marshall was a damn good receiver that year. Like we're still talking about over fifteen hundred yards. Yeah, now he needs over two hundred yards against the Packers, but we have seen well, that's a, a bad defense. It's a bad defense, and we've seen a two hundred yard game out of DJ Moore. So it's not out of the realm of possibilities. Yeah, and so I still think it's still a successful season, and. I know it's not the route that people wanted to take to get there, and now the quarterback is under a lot of scrutiny because of the decision and because the Bears... Like, if the Panthers were better, I don't think we're having as much of a conversation as we are. If the Bear, if the yeah. Panthers had six wins, mm-hmm. I don't know if we're having this conversation. Like if you're drafting back-to-back, if you're drafting 9-10... I don't think... I don't know if we're having this conversation. I think it's, you know what? You, you know what conversation you're having then? You're having, oh, do you trade both of your picks to try to move up maybe? That's yeah. maybe the conversation you're well, having. Well, and that's the that's the the parachute or the whatever, the the landing pad, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it, that, that Ryan Pohl set up for himself. Yes. Which is perfect because you didn't know what Justin Fields was going to be. You roll with him for another year. You don't take C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. And if you needed to move up, now you obviously don't need to, you could. Let's go to Mike in Tinley Park. What's up, Mike? Hi, guys. You know, I, I like the discussion about Fields or Nat Fields, but I'll tell you what. You keep Luke Getzer there. I don't care what you do. It's not going to work. I mm-hmm. I just think he he is the worst coordinator. He has pulled some real stupid stuff. And, I mean, he was never a coordinator. He was – this is the funny part. He was Aaron Rodgers' uh, position quarterback. Quarterback Are you coach, kidding? yeah. Yeah, what did he tell him? Nice pass? I mean, you know <laughs> – it's just he is. I, I I think he is hindered. I mean, Fields got a long way to go, but he hindered the hell out of him. I think. And you bring another, you bring another kid in there, he'll wreck him too. I mean, I I, I just watched him, and it astounded me how some of the plays he. The one day where he he threw the ball sideways twenty times. I I, I don't see it, but uh, either way, Fields okay. Though. But uh, yeah, they did, but they played. They Still won. The game plan like worked, nobody. though, Mike. The game plan worked. Did it not? No. It worked. They won the game. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. They won that game, though. Oh, the defensive game plan worked. The defensive But you you scored yeah. more points, did you not? Yeah, you did. You, you did. won the game. Yeah. I don't care how you win games. You win the game. I will say this. The, the thing with Luke Getzey is I think he catches a lot more heat than he should in this city because, like, we when Justin plays well, it's Justin played well, of course, it's never. Oh, Luke gets he dialed up some really good plays. He dialed up a very good game plan on Sunday, mm-hmm. and he's I done he it did. a couple times this year. And he, has. He, he won't get any credit for it. But whenever Justin fails or the offense sputters, mm-hmm. it's always it's all on Getsy. It's I not think, on the players. I think that Sunday is the biggest game, not for Eberflus, not for Fields, but for Getsy. Yeah. Because I think he's on the thinnest of margins. If they go out and put up 30 points on this Packers team, yeah. He's coming back. Because unless you're hiring someone that was fired because an entire staff was blown out, like if you want Eric Bieniemy and the entire commander staff gets blown out, then fine. You can can sign Eric Bieniemy. But otherwise, you're doing what Mike just said they did before, and you're bringing in a quarterback's coach. Or you're not bringing in another offensive coordinator. Someone's not taking a lateral move Mm -hmm. to come here to just maybe get fired when Justin Fields doesn't work out in a couple years. Uh, let's go to Mike and Cicero. What's up, Mike? 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 All right, Michael? Bye. All right, bye, Mike. You're listening to Black and Abdallah.
ESPN Chicago. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. You're listening to Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's Home for Sports. We'll get to Song of the Night here in a minute. It's a short one, so we don't need to get to it right away. Chris Bleck is gone. He is, uh, has the night off. He's not gone. I mean, he's somewhere. He has the night off. He's so no longer with us. He's no, he went back to his home planet. Um, <laughs> but that means that uh, I have free reign over Song of the Night with no veto power from the guy that gets to, you know, Click all the uh, no. little buttons and do the I'm coming, huh? all the good stuff. stuff and stuff in my box. You know all that. Like stuff. I'm not a bathtub guy. You know. Eberflow. So now I get to push the buttons, so I get to pick the uh, the song of the I night. I haven't heard that Jake and Chris one in a long time. Ooh, here you like. go. Well, because I don't really, I'm not over here a lot, mm-hmm. so I haven't updated my page <laughs> in a long time, except for today. Uh, so here like I'm not a bathtub guy. And then there's limp me. foot effort. That's you. Yep. So, that is me. So yeah, uh three one two three three two three seven seven six talking bears with you. Peter's in Arlington Heights. What's up, Peter? Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. How you doing today? Happy New Year. Happy New Year, up, Pete. So I don't know about everyone else, but I'm pretty pumped up about Green Bay needing a win to be in this weekend. So I'm hoping the intensity at Hal is better be off the charts. Um just a couple questions. Uh, what do you guys think is being talked about in Hallis Hall in the front office and amongst the team uh, about this game specifically? And uh, can winning this game and the Packers uh, organization in general specifically have an effect on the draft for us? Um, and again, uh, I think that if uh, we do uh, win this, I think they should keep everybody except Yetzi. And I'll just let you guys to it. Thanks, Peter. Appreciate it. Um, I think that this season for the Bears has mirrored the Lions last season in a lot of ways. Yeah, the Lions started one and six last season. If you remember, uh, before the last week of the season, earlier in the day, the Lions were eliminated from the playoffs because Seattle won, so they were eliminated from the playoffs, and it meant that that Sunday night football game between the Lions and the Packers only meant that the Lions could knock out the Packers, mm-hmm. and they won that game and they knocked out the Packers, and that kind of put everyone on notice. That was the, the Lions are real. Y'all are going to have to deal with us next year. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this could, and that's exactly what I said at the beginning of the season for the Bears. Be the Lions from last year. Put everyone on notice that next year we're going to be a problem. And I feel like the front office feels that way. I feel like the players and the coaching staff feels this way. And I feel this way, that if you beat the Packers and knock them out of the playoffs... It is a watch out for the Bears next year. Yeah, I, I tweeted out, put the Randall Cobb play on every television in Hallis Hall and Absolutely. play it on a loop. Absolutely. I think you should. All right. Right around this time every single night, we bring you the song of the night. I want to rock! Hey, turn up the volume and don't touch that dial because it's time for... What dial? There's, there's no dial on my phone. Yeah, it's just an... Exp- ah, never mind. Crank the volume because it's time for Black and Abdallah's song of the night. Yo, later. We go to last year, 2023. One of my favorite albums of the year, Military Gun. The song is called Do It Faster. It's one of the best songs I heard. It was my most listened to song all of last year. Here's your song of the night. Ain't nothing to do in the day. Ain't nothing. 
uh, one of my favorite songs from last year. It was one of my most listened to albums. It's also one of the best shows I've seen. Uh, they played Subterranean. I only have 45 seconds left because it's a very short song. It's a hardcore album. They kick you in the face. People are jumping off and doing all that crazy stuff. They're playing the Bottom Lounge next month or in March, early Why March, I, I heard believe. This song? Uh, Taco Bell commercial. That's it. That's where you've heard it. They've now been featured in a uh, in a Taco Bell commercial. Uh, and this would be a very like Madden song, I feel Madden like. Or FIFA. Yeah. So uh, I love this song. I love this band. They're getting bigger and bigger. So uh, if you like it, check out the album. It's very short because all their songs are only about a minute 45 long. And uh, come see them at Bottom Lounge with me. And that's your song of the night, Military Gun. Do it faster. Turn up the volume and don't touch that dial because it's time for... What dial? There's there's no dial on my phone. Yeah, it's just an... Ah, never mind. Crank the volume because it's time for Black and Abdallah's Song of the Night. Yo, later. More of your Bears calls coming up in two short minutes. Black and Abdallah, ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports. 